Hi, everyone. It is Dr. Colleen Meyer with Meyer and Mints LLC, bringing you Fearless in Pink. And today we have an amazing guest. Her name is Bernadette Gold. Let me tell you about her. You guys are going to want to listen to this. She's a personal coach, intuitive innovator, spiritual teacher, and a wealth advisor for six-figure feminine entrepreneurs. All right. Welcome, Bernadette. Can you tell us a little little bit more about you that I haven't covered? Yeah. So I'm not a wealth advisor. I'm a wealth activator. Oh, Um, I help people break through their their income blocks. And like I work with a lot of high performance entrepreneurs and business owners and executives get beyond the income plateau. But I also do a lot of healing work with trauma. Like we dive deep into the trauma. A lot of people think that like, if you have trauma, you know, you can't be successful. No, there's a lot of successful people walking around with trauma and they get so far and then they don't. (laughs) So I take them beyond that. That's interesting. What do you feel is the, the, the most common trauma? I know everybody's different, but what do you see that's maybe a trend that blocks them after they get to a certain point? Well, what's interesting is like people that are successful that have trauma, Mm -hmm. typically the trauma is what motivates them Mm, to be successful, right? And you don't realize that that's happening, but it's kind of, I'm going to prove to you I'm worth something. So under all of that is a lot of self-worth issues. Mm. So you get to a certain level of success and maybe you have a financial wipeout or you have a crisis. I have a lot of clients that I've worked with that, you know, they hit that six, seven figure mark. And then it washes out because they have an accident or some big crisis and, and they come to me and they're like, what, what happened? I've noticed this trend now. Um, And while trauma can motivate you initially, when you hit a certain level and it really butts up against, I'm not worth more than that, Mm -hmm. you can't get beyond it. So you have to clear all of that and then rewire the brain and reprogram everything within you beyond the trauma, turn the trauma into something that's now something you're, it activates you versus just motivates because motivating energy only lasts so long. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so true because I know, you know, when I did my dissertation on women business owners, you know, we have research shows that it's, you know, we can't put everybody in the sandbox that women have a higher, uh, fear of not making it and they have lower self-efficacy and imposter syndrome. Is that something you're seeing? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're very much still operating in a paradigm of patriarchy and masculinity, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and women to make it in corporate even, and sometimes in, in just normal industry to get up there and be successful you have to take on the masculine energy of aggressiveness and assertiveness, but then it's held against us. Mm-hmm. You know, you're too intimidating for who you wanted me to be this way. And then I show up this way and then I'm punished for it. So it's very confusing for women. You know, I find that that starts very early, you know, little girls, are have more confidence you know my granddaughter rides used to ride dirt bikes and race and all that stuff and she'd be up there with her little trophy with all the little boys and I thought to myself what happens and when and that shift 
where now if they are doing that or they're being aggressive or showing, you know, leadership, they're a little bitch. But if the male does it, he's a leader. He's got to go places. What do you, where do you think that shift happened? It's, I don't think it was a shift that happened. I think that's how, how women entered the workplace. Mm. You know, I think that this is the way it's always been because men were allowed to always work. You know, when women began to vote, it was a push just to get that to happen. But then with war and the economy, women had to go to work, you know, and we're looked at for all these different reasons of why we can't be in leadership roles. Now it's pushing, and I love it. It's pushing mm-hmm. that there needs to be more equality and diversity within the workforce. But women are having a hard time finding their place in these very masculine um, leadership roles, you know? It's so true. You know, I don't know if we talked about this before, but Cheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In, and she's the COO of Facebook. You know, and it's finding it interesting, even in the boardroom, women tend to lean back rather than lean in. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a confusion in, in how do I show up in my own feminine power without Mm -hmm. taking on the masculine attributes, because those aren't working in the workplace for the workers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just not creating um, motivation and productivity, right. Mm -hmm. Or capacity, and a lot of women are, are noticing, like, if I want to be on the cutting edge of leadership, I need to shift and change, which there's trauma that happens in the workplace. Mm-hmm. There is, you know, and, and we need to address those things, too, because they're triggering childhood traumas. What would you say when you are working with someone and you're addressing these traumas, do you address it? Is in in journaling or do you address it in conversations? How how do you kind of, you know, we don't, you know, this is what you do for a living, so we don't want to share all your secrets. But kind of what's the first thing you start getting them to understand? So first, first thing that every human being needs to understand is why is it there? Mm-hmm. Right? We don't know how to heal ourselves or we won't stop thinking a certain way, feeling a certain way, doing certain things if we don't know why. Why did it create this in me? So the first place, you know, for me, because I'm an intuitive, we don't have to have a ton of conversation, right? When someone comes to work with me, they've done it because therapy hasn't worked and they want to cut right through. So intuitively I can tune in and just, okay, this is what's showing up. Is this true for you? And then explain what strategy was developed to survive the trauma. And I don't want to re-traumatize anyone. I want to move things through really quickly And once they understand, then yes, we can go into, let's journal this, let's release this. And I have lots of tools that I can use to help someone release the emotional energy from it, um, the physical aspect, because our bodies store that, those Mm -hmm. emotions in our cells and our tissues, and it's what creates illness. Um, And then also reprogramming the mental aspect. So but we do it with writing and, and I'm an EFT practitioner, NLP. Um, I'm one of the three P's coaches, the three principles coaches, and I have different, a ton of different tools I can use. I wanted to ask you um, on the spirit. Can we talk a little bit about spiritual a teacher a little bit? Because I find that interesting. 
Oh, and that came out of, you know, it's a, it's a funny thing to put that on your bio, right? There's always this funny thing with me because I've been, I was born and raised a clairvoyant, um, not raised that way. I was born and I hid the fact that I was a clairvoyant because I got in a lot of trouble for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I relied a lot on my connection with spirit. Some people mm. call spirit, God, the universe, whatever. I relied on that higher level connection and developed a really deep relationship in healing my own trauma with my higher self. We all can do it. I'm not special. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that my gifts were open so that I could survive my childhood and all the things that I was meant to do. But as a teacher, it isn't that I'm bringing anything that's so unusually out of this world. It's really bringing the foundational stuff that's been buried by religion to mm-hmm. the fore because religion homogenized a lot of the teachings, a lot of the spiritual truths. And the more we know, the more we can actually take our own power back and begin to express something that's way more loving and compassionate and solid in this world. I love that. I think that you're starting to see in society, I think, especially with women, this shift and the shift is exactly what you're saying it's it's just not healing you know the body or that you know we're working on the mind but it's also that awareness of your 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 essence and your spirit and then and working to heal that because if you don't like you said it carries on and to me this is you tell me if i'm wrong to me it's generational absolutely and this year, I mean, I talk a lot about this in, in my broadcast that I do mm-hmm. on my podcast and live, you know, we're in a time right now where all of humanity is making a paradigm shift. It's been, it's, the stage has been set for a number of years. You know, mm-hmm. the feminine energy wants to be expressed and in a different way than it ever has been allowed before, but not just for women. I mean, this is for men too, mm-hmm. right? Like men need to connect with and balance their feminine aspect because it's been missing, which is why there's very little compassion, especially in industry. You know, if we can bring that in, the world can change. But for women, we've been conditioned to believe that we have to act like men. Mm-hmm. We have to, you know, do, do, do. And when you do that, you're missing the most beautiful part of being a woman and expressing that feminine energy that allows for creation and birth. I mean, we, we give birth to things, human mm-hmm. babies, we build them in our body. That's miraculous. That should that be is. celebrated. It, it should be. If you, yeah. That's amazing that you can think because sometimes, you know, I look at my daughters and I'm like, I made that, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a, I wasn't alone, obviously, but it's, it's their, it's a chance to celebrate who they are, their personalities, their exact, their opposites of each other, completely off of each other. But it's interesting to see them develop into their own strong female. And it takes a society to allow that expression and support that expression to shift things. But the younger generation, I'll tell you, because I have a 19 year old, my youngest is 19, going to be 20 in a few months, but I look at her and it's so different. You know, she won't take BS. Someone treats her bad on a job. She will quit. (laughs) She's Mm -hmm. just like, you don't pay me enough to put up with this. But when I was a kid, I was trained and you probably were too. Mm -hmm. Like my dad was from the depression era, right? 
just keep the job, let them treat you any kind of way. And it's like, no, no. that doesn't work anymore. And these younger kids are now saying, that's not going to work for me. I'm not available for abuse. You know, my, my daughter, my youngest is an anth- culture anthropologist. And she said something to me once we were talking about change in this society. And she said, mom, change always follows the hearst. So it's interesting. It's the new generation that's coming up that, you know, and it, it go, this has been going on for, you know, hundreds of years. You know, you got the next generation that says, okay, we don't like this part of our aspect of our society. And then as, you know, generations shift, you know, that's when you start seeing change. And, and it's, it's been happening for years, years and years and years, right? Going back, back, back. And because if it didn't, we would not be here today. We'd be living the same way we did 500 years ago or 200 years ago, 50 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, but that's part of that whole healing, the ancestral Mm -hmm. wound and the sacred wound of humanity. The reason we're actually moving into it right now is so we can reconnect to who we are without carrying the baggage of all the generations that came before and all the horrible things that you know, humanity has done. So we're seeing it through a very, uh, I want to say destructive lens or shocking lens with Mm -hmm. everything that's happened over the course of the last couple of years. We could have done it peacefully. You know, I was getting Mm -hmm. messages years ago. We can do this peacefully. We can do it with violence and destruction. What you going to choose around 2010, that door Mm. closed and we chose. But here's the deal. I mean, we don't change until we're super uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. We don't seek new answers unless we're really like, I'm uncomfortable. I'm stuck now. Now I'll do something. But if I'm happy and comfortable, look at the 80s, right? (laughs) (laughs) We were comfortable in the 80s. Did we try to look at anything that needed changing? No, we just forged ahead and kept moving and partying. Yeah, and I think what's happening in society you can tell me, hey, or nay. I feel that it's because we're not addressing wounds, you know, and recognizing, you know, I'm a patriot. I love the United States, you know. Uh, but we also have to take a step back and say, you know, we didn't always do things right. And say, sorry, we didn't always do things right. And how can we fix it? And we're seeing that. I totally agree. Cause we're seeing that even with what we've done to the planet, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we've destroyed the land in so many ways. And, mm-hmm. and to think that we can keep going like this and it's sustainable is already proven that it's not possible. We have to rein it back in. We have to do things more sustainably. So yeah, it's everywhere. It's, it's with humanity. It's with the earth. It's with the other creatures that we share the earth with that we ignored you know, mm-hmm. so it's all the wounding and it's all coming out in a way where the, the millennials are expressing a lot of depression and anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. So are the, I don't know what they're called now, Gen Z, there's, they're, <laughs> they're <laughs> expressing a lot of that same stuff, but they're getting that. Like, if I don't do what I've been taught, I don't feel that anxiety. So they're making it so that we have to address this stuff. There's there's two full generations that are like, this isn't working for me. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel good in my body. And I'm not willing to sacrifice my sanity anymore. 
to keep doing things this way. So new solutions are coming. We, and we need them in order to, you know, break breakdowns, create breakthroughs, right? Absolutely. So we have to, we have to heal the nation and, and it doesn't heal if we don't give people a voice. Listening is a fine art that was lost and, and we're really learning how to hear each other. That's one of the things that I dive deep on with people is really, you need to learn how to hear. You think you've been listening, but you really haven't. You've been, you've been listening to what, what can I react to? What can I respond to? And telling yourself a story. When you do it differently, you can actually hear what's going on. And in that place of slowing down, which we're not accustomed to, we're accustomed to do, do, do and push and force. But when you slow down, the capacity to hear another, to be witness to them, it's so impactful. Whether you're in business or you're working for somebody else in corporate. You know, one of my, I hear this all the time now based on what's happening in our country. Um, people need to get over it, whether it's race, uh, sexism, uh, whatever happens to be, I hate get over it because how dare you take your, well, you know, and put that on somebody else because here's what you find. Those same people don't like it when someone does it to them. Right. Yeah. It's not about get over it anymore. I mean, it really needs to be about acknowledge it, take responsibility for it, accept it. Right. And then make amends and let's move forward in a different way. Change it, you know, get over it. It's just like, let me push it under the rug. Some more, some more. We've done that for how many years? It has decades, decades. Go back. We can go back. (laughs) Just, it's just like, come on, let's just fix this and, and heal and move on. That's where the worth issues come though. I think for a lot of women is as women, how many times have we been told as little girls, just get over it. Mm-hmm. You're too sensitive. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> you know? Oh. And, and then it goes on in the workplace. You're just too sensitive. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a leader, you need to not be emotional. Mm-hmm. And then we're punished because we have a monthly cycle Mm-hmm. Like you're already prejudging how we're going to act. Women need to really embrace their strengths. I mean, we are, we are the best at multitasking. Mm-hmm. I agree you with know? that. Let's talk about your business. So it's kind of shift a little bit. It could okay. be any, any one of them. Cause I know you, you, you're a multitasker when it comes to business too. Okay. Let's talk about your business philosophy, whether you're coaching or teaching, um, advising, what would be your kind of philosophy in doing business? My business philosophy, because it's personally based, Mm -hmm. is very much about inspiring and igniting what's already existent within the person. It's just buried. And as long as I can show up that way that I'm here to serve, Mm -hmm. you know, and witness you, we're going to move mountains. No matter what I do in any of my businesses, that's the point. You know, I, I find that to be awesome because, you know, you, you and I hear this all the time with businesses. Um, it's not they, there's that, not that personal, you know, it's, you know, give me the money and then we're going to just do it this way, you know, and there's, it's no, it's about not, 
we're on business. So we, you know, we're here to make money. I get that. But it's also about treating people with, with compassion and respect and giving our philosophy is, you know, we want to give value to our customers. It's about value. Well, even as a spiritual teacher, right. And, and a lot of people come to me because of that little thing. Mm -hmm. There is a saying, something that the Buddha said many years ago, and he said, before long, there won't be a master. Masters will become your friend. Mm -hmm. And one of the things in all of my programs and all of my, my um, one-on-one and private clients, I do become that. How can you not, you're diving into people's personal lives Mm -hmm. to make it mechanical. You know, it just doesn't work. I think one of the reasons I've been so successful and a lot of my clients have been with me well over 20 years Mm. is because there is that relationship. Like we're building a relationship, right? And I don't think a lot of, a lot of businesses act that way. And we've been taught not to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) we've been taught like, nope, just do the job, you know, have your session and just move on. And I think that's part of what's divided us. Mm-hmm. so much, you know, you're not just a number. How many times do you go, go into the bank and they don't even know your name. They're mm-hmm. holding all your money. They don't even know who you are. I don't want my customers to, to feel that way. Mm-mm. I don't either. And I see a lot of comments on Facebook and Instagram where, you know, somebody would get upset, but instead of in a fight with the customer, but instead of just saying, okay, this is, this is your reputation of your company. You need to come from a strategy of value and it's okay work through it i remember when i was a general manager we had uh 13 units that we opened within five years and we had when you first walked in on the wall these are our promises to you and whenever a client will call me because they were upset about something customer service whatever it happened to be about our product about our service i would the first thing i would always say to that upset customer is I'm sorry, we broke our promise to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and people, and they would always go, oh, you know, and then you have, you, you go into that mode of now we can work on fixing it. What can we do to fix Isn't it? Isn't that a feminine quality though? It is. I think it is. I mean, I've, I've worked with over 40,000 people in the last 21 years. I've given three refunds. Mm-hmm. That says a lot. I mean, I'm proud of that, that through the years and, and I don't ever quibble with people like you want your refund. You think you didn't get what you needed out of it. Fine. I'm not going to fight with you. You know, you're not going to work with me again Mm -hmm. and we'll part ways amicably, but it's only happened three times. And it happened on really low level (laughs) products that it was like, (laughs) you know, I think they just misunderstood what they were getting Mm -hmm. and I don't want to make my I don't want to make my clients wrong. Mm-mm. Like there's no point in it. You want to fight over a hundred dollars? No, <laughs> like you can have your hundred dollars. Yeah, I think that's so Im- impactful because I see people fighting with customers over $25, $50. And I'm like, I actually sent this Why? girl, I sent this girl an email or text and said, Hey, it's not worth it. They're going to, you know, this is your reputation. You're, you're going to fight over $25 for your reputation. Ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's not worth it. And then, you know, I mean, if someone really 
is feeling like they didn't get what they need, you don't want to leave a bad taste in their mouth. But like I said, that's a feminine quality. You know, we're, we, as women, we do tend to want to fix things. We want mm-hmm. to find solutions, not fixer as in like the way men do it. Mm-hmm. You know, they have their own way of, of it. We want to find a solution that like is more cooperative mm-hmm. and it's flowing back and forth. So it's win-win. Let's talk about when you started, let's go back to when you started your business, it could be any mm-hmm. business. What would you, what did you learn and what would you do differently? I, you know, I've had several businesses throughout the last 25 years. Uh Um, The one thing that I had to learn is I'm not my business. Mm. The two are separate, right? My business is the vehicle, which Mm. serves me and allows me to bring my gifts to the world, Mm -hmm. but it's not me, you know? And, and so if there's something that goes on in the business, I don't need to judge myself over it. That was number one. Number two is I'm not an employee of the business. <laughs> I'm not a slave <laughs> to the business. The business is there for me. And a lot of people, ah, they, they do it the opposite way. And I, I made that mistake when I first went into business. I mean, it was my identity. Oh, it's mm-hmm. my business. Now my business is named after me. So I had a client ask me the other day, like, how do you do that? How do you separate them? Like, that's the company. So that, that person, that public persona and, and the services I provide, that's just the business container mm-hmm. it's for me. I don't have to take it all personally. And if something's not working in business, it doesn't mean something's wrong with me. So it gives you that freedom. Mm-hmm. And I was just listening to a speaker saying the same exact thing. It's what happens if you tie yourself up in the role of business owner, mother, whatever it happens to be, and your kid goes off to college or something happens with the business where you have to close it. And then all of a sudden people don't have an identity. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it happens. It happens when we work for other people too, mm-hmm. you know, more so for men, I think, than for women where they are their job. We, mm-hmm. and, or they are the income they provide. We saw that during the 2008 crash, how many people just dropped into men, especially dropped into massive depression because they lost their jobs. They lost their fortunes. And that's like, who am I? You can't base your identity on what you do. It has, it's what you do. It's, it's the vehicle. It's just mm-hmm. a container for you to express your, your gifts out into the world. That's it. That's all. I love that. Love that. Love that. Because it's so true. So I can say that because I did it too. I've yeah. been there. That's so why I'm like, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all do. Yeah. Cause it's our baby. I mean, you know, obviously like my work is very personal. So a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff that I share, it's my personal story, Yeah, but I still, I could walk away and go be a waitress and be still fine with who I am. Cause mm-hmm. I know who I am. And it will carry me whether I'm at a church service, I'm at the beach, or I'm doing business. If someone wanted to get a hold of you, how would they be able to do that? So I have a website. It's BernadetteGold.com, or you can find me on Facebook and at Enchanted Wealth. I'm also on YouTube, and I have my own podcast called Intuitive Intelligence, any of those ways. All right. Well, Bernadette, thank you so much. You gave us a lot of great information. I enjoyed talking to you, open our eyes on a lot of things. And thank you for coming on. We thank appreciate you. It was fun.